0: Welcome to the Tech Lead Coaching Network podcast. This is episode number 37. My name is Michael Rice. I'm your community organizer. Getting started in the tech lead role can be a huge challenge for new tech leads, but it's an extremely rewarding opportunity. If you're in this role and trying to figure out how to get better or you manage tech leads and want to help them, you are listening to the right podcast. You've come to the right place. The Tech Lead Coaching Network is an informal, community-based, open-source network of tech leads where we support each other through in-person workshops and peer-to-peer, one-to-one tech lead coaching, all free and volunteer-based. We hope you'll join us even at the Lurker level, where you'll get weekly updates on what's going on. It's Tuesday, April 9, 2019. If you are here in LA with me, congrats. The weather finally feels like LA again. If you're anywhere else in the world, why? Don't forget that we shipped our our first short seventy-page book, "How to Be a Tech Lead," on Friday. I'm sorry, on Saturday. On Leanpub, it's leanpub.com/slash/how-to-be-a-tech-lead with dashes in between the words, and it's totally free. Today, we're going to talk some more about vision crafting and getting to the why. All right, let's start with the the five Pareto skills that I always hammer on on this podcast and in the book. The first is listening. The second is taking initiative or having a bias for action. The third is uh, vision crafting, which we're going to talk about here. The fourth is articulate or uh, tracking and adjusting. And the fifth is your growth mindset. So these are kind of like capabilities, skills, um, behaviors that you want to do as a tech lead. I think they're the, the five, the 20%, that get you 80% of the way there. But recently I started thinking a lot more about how to craft clear and compelling visions. I think the skill, if you can do it well, really makes you stand out from your peers, or at least it did for me. What do I mean by crafting a vision? I don't mean being Nelson Mandela or Martin Luther King or even Steve Jobs. I mean something much more mundane and achievable at your level of tech leadership. Let's say you've got a code base that relies on a current version of Redis or Mongo or something, and there are some new features of the next version of Redis that require some code changes in your code base. I know, I know, I, I, I think you'd have to be using some really edge features or extensions to have a breaking change, but just go with me on this one. Now, you could just create a Jira ticket or Trello card that says, quote, make changes to code to support Redis V6 or whatever. And yeah, it's going to get done, and especially if you go and tap somebody specifically to start working on it. Even if you don't, eventually someone will probably come and take the ticket if you're in an Agile shop and work it. There's no real vision behind it, but maybe you're right. Maybe there doesn't need to be a vision. Maybe it's too much work for you to craft a vision for something as mundane as migrating from Redis 5 to 6. The migration is what needs to get done. Stuff like this is what we do all day. We all know what we need to do and generally what needs to happen. It's called work, W-O-R-K, work. But there's a stronger form of leading, even at a first level tech lead, a form that increases your influence and impact beyond normal tech leads. And remember, influence is what leadership is, even as a junior tech lead. If you will let me indulge myself a little on this vision crafting topic for just a minute. Recall that the vision crafting capability has a maturity for it. The example of the JIRA ticket I mentioned that says, quote, make code changes to migrate Redis 5 to 6 is really a beginner level vision. Beginners at vision crafting operate at this level. They either don't really explain a vision for why the work needs to get done or they fumble, fumble around quite a bit with it. And by fumbling, I mean they might say something like, quote, the Redis extension we currently use only supports 5.24, and version 6 deprecated that fe- feature, so we need to upgrade it. Okay, I guess that's a why statement. But that doesn't make me want to get out of bed. Does it make you want to get out of bed? I mean, I don't know. It actually might. Some software engineers might find this really inspirational. That's one of the points I always make, and I try to hammer on in the book: is whether something is compelling or not is not only in the, is only in the eyes ears of the listener. The only way you're going to know if this is going to be compelling is if you take the time to listen to the team yourself, which is the first Pareto capability I hammer on all the time. So for me, moving up the maturity scale means you are starting to craft something more compelling beyond just deprecated features. You might say something that's more compelling, like quote. We need to get to Redis 6 because the new version supports native geo queries, and that is going to open up a whole new world of possibilities for us to more deeply engage our mobile app users in a way we haven't been able to do yet. And so this migration may seem mundane, but this is a critically important milestone for our company." End quote. Now I'd be a little more motivated to work on that, wouldn't you? And so that's the intermediate level, but we can go even further with the vision crafting capability. As the project goes on, for example, there might be questions or complications that come up. Maybe it turns out that the code features are tie- that are tied to version 5 of Redis are harder to migrate than we originally thought. The team might feel a little disheartened because it's harder than they thought. Or they're tempted to make shortcuts to keep some pieces of Redis 5 in place for some features but supports Redis 6 and others. I don't, I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. Or maybe they get distracted by some of the other stories going on or simpler tasks or other work they have to do and kind of lose track of the, vis- or the, ta- the uh, migration. So having that vision in place not only encourages the team to dig deep, but helps them understand the relative priority of the Redis 6 migration versus other stuff they could be working on. I'm not the only one who says this, by the way. None of these ideas are really my own. I'm just, I'm just trying to apply them to your first level tech lead role. In the book and in a recent podcast on this topic, I really focused on making sure your vision includes a why, which is what I just did in these examples. I think I got the idea from my memory, old, some old Simon Sinek TED Talks. So I went out, I went, got on YouTube, and I watched some of his older stuff. About a decade ago, Sinek wrote one of his famous books, Start With Why, and he has a TED Talk that goes with it. I think it was even in the, in the Seattle area. And in it, he argues that the most inspirational leaders start with why. In his video, he's got a paper easel and a marker. He draws three concentric circles, if you can imagine in your head. He writes, Y is the smallest circle in the middle of the page. The next circle is how, and it surrounds the Y circle. And the third circle is what, and it surrounds the how circle. So he says that most people and most leaders or managers know what they're doing. And this is probably true of you too. You know what the work is that needs to be done. You may even know how it needs to get done. You might be interested, like I was for a long time, in software craftsmanship or maybe specific frameworks or technologies that support what you're doing. If you're a founder, you probably have a stronger sense of why, but most individual contributors day-to-day get a little lost in the why and even the how. That's where most managers and leaders start is the what. cynic says that inspirational leaders reverse that, which is why I think it's a big differentiator for you to start using it as a powerful tool in your day-to-day tech lead role. If you want help figuring out how to do this, seriously reach out to me. We're a pretty small community and I'd love to help you think through it. The point is this, people get excited by a why. When it comes to what, it's pretty much, meh, you're just like everyone else at that point. And in fact, Simon Sinek goes so far as to tie the reason for why this is so important and impactful in your leadership to human psychology. He says stuff that, like what appeals to your neocortex, which is the advanced part of your brain, a part that's probably very strongly developed in most software engineers. But the why part appeals to something a lot more primal. It reaches people's guts. It appeals to their to their hearts first. I also think there's some additional benefit, too, that I'll just mention. I think if you can remember the vision you define at a task or project level and repeat it often, it's going to give your own kind of day-to-day job a little more purpose, too. So in summary, remember, hearts and minds, hearts and minds, win both as a tech lead. We're on a mission, Tech Leads. Our mission is to increase the happiness and effectiveness of our community members. No matter where you are in your Tech Lead journey, I want you to consider joining us. Join online at techleadcoaching.com. As I said, it's free, and you can join at the lurker level if you just want to stay in touch, get weekly email updates and other interesting tidbits. There are other levels, too, like the coach and Tech Lead levels when you're ready. So join however you're comfortable, but I do hope you'll join us. Also, if you want some help, reach out to me directly. Happy to help you get started if I can. Thanks so much for listening. Subscribe to this podcast. Give us an awesome rating if you can so we can reach more people. Have a great week, Tech Leads. And don't forget to get your copy of our free book, How to Be a Tech Lead.